Beyond Yacht Rock is coming to you on the Feral Audio Podcast Network. To support this and other mind-blowing podcasts, go to feralaudio.com and shop Amazon through their Shop Amazon button. A percentage of each sale goes towards Feral Audio artists. Ever since the birth of time, youthfulness has been admired. Each time It's celebrated in literature, art, and luckily for us, in song. The celebration of juvenescence in music is a wonderful thing until you try to sing about sticking your dick into it or wrapping your pussy around it. Today we're going to examine inappropriate songs about statutory love. Welcome to Beyond Yacht Rock, episode 19. This is Stat Tracks. Dave, I was really looking forward to hearing you pronounce juvenescence. Yeah, I looked that Good up. job. Good job. And I wanted to hear him say statutory love. That's a new phrase. Wasn't wasn't creepy at all. You're welcome, fellas. Let's get this doing done. I love. Hold on, I want to listen to Marie Chevalier. Oh yeah, that's true. She loves little girls. Yeah, it's an oldie time French guy. It is, and it's very innocent. This is from the movie uh, Gigi, right? Gigi. Oh, Gigi. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're talking about the Hollywood classic uh, Jiggly. (laughs) Good old Jiggly. Things are only going to get more Jiggly from here, boys. Beyond Rock. Welcome to Beyond Yacht Rock Podcast, the podcast that creates new genres of music that are arbitrary and, and make very little sense. We try to make sense of them and then we count them down. My name is J.D. Riznar. There's Hollywood Steve over there. Say hello. Hello, I'm Hollywood Steve over here. David Lyons? Hi, I'm David Lyons. And Hunter Stare. Hi, I'm Hunter. And this is my bone throw. That's right. We, we start every episode off with a bone throw of a Yacht Rock song that maybe you've heard of or maybe you haven't. This one, you haven't. Yeah, I guarantee you no one's heard this. Nope, I haven't heard this. I was looking for a Yacht Rock counterbalance to today's show, and I just happened <laughs> to stumble on Dane Donahue's Woman. Oh, not girl. No. Yeah. But woman. He's, he's singing is, about a woman of legal age. He's singing about a woman. It's a uh, nice, smooth song. I like it. Yeah, yeah this is, I like women, too. They're pretty great. Uh, this is a, uh, a Boona guy, which is Terrence Boylan. These guys apparently... Oh, get, it's Terrence Boylan. Yeah, these guys hate when I say Boona. No, 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 no. I just think it's hilarious. I think you like Terrence Boylan so much just because it's so much fun to say Boona. He was my first Yacht Rock discovery, like my real deep discoveries. So he's he popped my my bone throw cherry. Uh, so I have oh, wait gross. I have a special place in my heart for Boone. If Hunter found him when he was 13, it could be uh, the topic of a song we're going to talk about today. <laughs> uh, did you, wait, was Buna his real nickname, or did you give him that? No, no his first name. His it was his nickname. His, okay, his it first his, nickname. His first song. His first album was called Alias Buna. Everybody called him Boona. That okay. was how yeah. he was referred to. And Dane Donahue is a Boona guy well, in some way. So what a story about this Dane Donahue. He was apparently, there's not a lot of information, but apparently he was Jesus Christ Superstar. After, after Ian Gillian. 
Well, he was, well, I don't know, what? Ian Gillian was the first one in the Broadway. Oh, well, he this was, guy was the touring guy, so okay. I don't, so he went around the country. So and he the, was more like the real Jesus who walked around the country <laughs> yeah, preaching. Right. Yeah. yeah, and and CBS gave him a record deal after he finished up with his tour. Hmm. And out came, out pooped this album. <laughs> they got a lot of good... Uh, I like how you changed the word came to the word pooped. And out of this uh, came out of this deal came a lot of uh, very good session guys and I think Dane wrote most of the songs on this including this one Woman um, yeah not a lot of information about this guy you see you got Don Henley on this album Bob Glob oh Bob Glob Bob Glob Jay, uh, Jay Graydon Jay fucking Graydon Bill Champlin yeah Steve Lukather and Mike Percaro and uh, in the background you know, I commented when, uh, when we talked about Terrence Boylan, how there was like a Stevie Nicks in the background. Yeah. And they actually got the real thing on this album. That's Stevie Nicks. That is Steve. That no is, shit. That's Stevie Nicks, a huh. woman. Some oh. other guys a note on here: uh, Larry Carlton, who's great guitar player. Uh, you'll yeah, hear great him on fusion a lot of guy. Rock. Yeah. And Steve Gadd, the drummer. Every oh. drummer I've ever talked to drools about him. Yeah. Uh, I think it's him on this song because the drumming's pretty sweet. Uh, I'm hearing like extra shit that only a genius would do and an example of how great uh, drummer Steve Gadd is He did the drumming on uh, On peg by Steely Dan all the great people were on peg and um, we'll Listen to this song again, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There it is so and then on the last album of the 70s gaucho Steely Dan's last album uh, Donald Fagan went with a drum machine because he loved the precision so, this is the order of Donald Fagan's favorite drummers. Drum Machine, Steve Gadd. That's pretty impressive. Pretty yeah. good. And then everybody else. And also, you got Victor Feldman on here doing electric piano and percussion. The alleged grandfather of Yacht Rock. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Not me. Father. Ish. Who, uh, what, what's Dane Donahue up to these days? Well... Apparently, well, this is the thing. So there wasn't a lot of information about it, about this Dane Donahue. But what I found from a an Amazon review, uh, go through the portal, in 1999, uh, somebody said they knew him and he was doing construction in Mansfield, Ohio. Ooh. Uh, so maybe that's where he's from. Yeah. And so uh, why don't everybody go on there and buy his album, see if we can make turn this guy into a millionaire. Mm -hmm. Is what I thought, and then I found out that he is currently well a Dane. Well, what was his name? A Daryl Dane Donahue is now uh, is from now, Mansfield, Ohio. From Mansfield, Ohio, is, it may have committed seven million dollars worth of securities fraud. So uh, we wouldn't have had to do that if we'd all bought his album. So well, listen, either way, if, assuming it's the same guy, which we can't necessarily whether that, that's a real one or not, he's broke, and there's not a funnier prank than uh, making a guy rich to his surprise. So if you have nine dollars to spare, yeah. go on to Amazon through the portal. Spend your nine dollars on Dane Donahue's album. Uh, if, if we can get a million people to do it, he's going to be rich, and uh, be oh, it's going to be funny. And by the way, this is really going to be. Fun. This is a really good album. This is a really good album. He knew how to write a song, and he got all the good guys to play on it. And he was Jesus Christ, and he went through quite, quite the journey. America, what a country. Yeah, let's help him rise again. Does he only have one album? Just this. Yeah. Okay. This is a good one, though. Solid Yacht Rock. Yeah, this is the least creeped out we're going to be for the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah. So strap you yourselves in. it along here. You guys ready to talk about stat tracks? Oh, boy. Let's oh, jump yeah. into it. <laughs> okay.
want to be clear here, guys. There's plenty of songs about young girls or boys that don't seem creepy to me at all. Songs like She's 16, She's Beautiful, and She's Mine really sounds like it's being sung by a 16-year-old boy to a girl the same age. It only gets weird when my friend Dan sings at a karaoke. Okay, so for your list, Dave, you've left out all these early rock and roll songs that have lyrics about teenagers because they were specifically marketed to teenagers as being about that. Exactly, Steve. It's all about teenage love. Even though Chuck Berry was convicted of taking a 14-year-old across state lines for moral purposes and actually served two years in federal prison, Sweet Little 16 was still pretty benign compared to the rest of the music on this list. You know, they just wanted to dance with Sweet Little 16. Dancing is pretty benign compared exactly. to most of these songs. Right, right. But then you start to get this, the kind of songs like Faith No More had a song called Edge of the World. It's a little more tongue-in-cheek, or there's a big black song called Jordan, Montana that's actually about a real horrifying incident where 24 adults were accused of participating in a statutory sex ring. That's not what we're looking into. We're focusing on somewhat mainstream songs that are specifically about the physical act of lovemaking between two people that are way outside of what would be considered legal. I'm glad that you used the term lovemaking. <laughs> and I'm also statutory glad... Statutory lovemaking. That's, that's statutory uh, I, I, love. I would call it like deep psychological problem making. <laughs> Dave, I'm also glad you followed my lead in, in determining a, a, a genre that forces you to use mainstream song choices that everyone's heard of. But it is true that much like George Orwave, these songs are way creepier when they're part of like mass pop culture. Absolutely. It's like when Disney pretends they aren't marketing sex. They're really not fooling anybody. Now, this song we're listening to, this Oingo Boingo Little Girls, yeah. is, does this fit into your genre? Not really. It's pretty benign, but the lyrics, if you take them out of context, are pretty gross and horrifying. It's grown men singing I Love Little Girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like well, Morris Chevalier at the top. It's a super catchy song, and it that's is. what I hate about this genre, yeah. is that these songs are so good! Uh, Most of them are really good. Like, these perverts are really writing from a place of passion, and art comes from a core passion. That's usually the best shit. So, thanks to these songs, I find myself in the grocery store singing, like, I want to make love to a 16-year-old girl, and everybody looks at me funny. It's just a song I like. You're like, oh, it's my pervert passion, guys, coming out. (laughs) It's other people's pervert passions infecting me with their earworms. I'm, I'm an to, awful STD to get from. <laughs> I, I They're like called STIs now. Like oh, to, you're right. I'm sorry. Sorry, stand, go ahead. I stand corrected. So there's, there was two things that I thought of when I was really thinking about these songs. The one is that. They're very clear about the age of the girl, that it's below yeah. the age of the set. It, yeah. It's not like 38 Specials Caught Up in You, where they're talking about the little girl, yeah. which is just a generic term. that They're actually talking about a woman. No, they make it very clear that these girls are underage. They and, usually name the specific age. And two, yes, and which is the classic Off- version of it. Yeah. And, and, the, and the second thing is that these guys are... Very aware of what they're doing. Yeah. There is no plausible deniability in any of these songs. It's not like, whoops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like they're doing it intentionally because of how deliciously transgressive it is. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get into it, fellas. You want to get into it? Let's, let's get, get into, into it. it. Okay. Number ten. Now I love this song. This is Desiree by Neil Diamond. Gotta love Neil Diamond. 
In this one, he recounts what I believe to be the personal tale of him becoming a man at the hand of a girl almost twice his age. At the hand of a girl? Yeah. Well, <laughs> <Austin> crazy. <laughs> I think I remember crazy. reading somewhere that Neil was 15 and Desiree was 29. However, that could have just been fan fiction that my friend Dave and I were writing in high school. Well, the math is right. That is almost twice his age. Yeah. It's exactly almost twice mm-hmm. his age. So that's probably true. It could also have been his 13th birthday. Uh, he is a Jew, and he mentions that it's when he became a man, right. which is your bar mitzvah, which well, that would have been the 13th birthday. Maybe she was his rabbi. Yeah, yeah maybe 25-year-old rabbi. Yeah, like 25-year-old lady rabbi. Rare 25-year-old female rabbi in the 50s. That's, yeah, plausible. You never know. You know, it's easy to take the stance that if the gender roles were reversed in the song, it wouldn't be okay. And I totally agree. If it was a 29-year-old man hooking up with a 15-year-old girl, people would be a little more horrified. Yeah, this the 15-year-old girl probably wouldn't remember that sexual encounter by saying, he came to me just like the morning sun. Yeah, I think it would be a different account. <laughs> Hey, I'm conflicted on this one. Uh, one, I, I appreciate that Dave worked in Neil Diamond. Thank Very you. good, Dave. It's also good that you worked in one where the woman is the older partner, yeah. where the yeah. man is the victim. But, but that's the thing. It's it's a it's the victim's side of the story, which to me, it's like if somebody got burned at the stake by a bunch of witches and then sang a song about it, it wouldn't be easy wickening because it's the victim's tale. And so to me, it doesn't, it's not the same thing as a stat track if it's the victim telling it's uh, telling about the But he crime. doesn't sound like a victim in this one. He said, well, these are fond memories. And they're fond well, memories well, because that older women up tend to know what they're doing. Here. But I think, I think that that means that this isn't the best stat track. But we yeah. are, we're, we're easing in. This is why in. it's number 10. We're, we're gonna, easing in. We're going to have some real grotesque stuff to wade through. That's why I put this one at number. But I, it is good to hear that Neil Diamond yeah. got laid. So. Yeah, good for him. Right. Song, he sounds happy about it. He sounds really happy about but then, it. But then, but then, when we go through, when we start litigating these songs, if we start to examine the victim side of the story, I mean, right. then, then they may not like we're, we're putting our own story in there. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be even more of a bummer than it is when we're <laughs> when we're giving a tongue flapping to these gross dudes. And that, well, <laughs> whoa, poor choice of words. <laughs> phrasing, hey. guys, phrasing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this song came out in uh, 1977. Uh, I, I was born in '75, and it's amazing how many girls I've met around my age that were named Desiree after this song. <laughs> and whether this song is about statutory love or not, it's still a really weird song to name your daughter after. Uh, yeah, I guess a lot of guys lost their virginity to, like, hot MILFs uh, I, uh, before they were called MILFs. Ugh. Last night I watched the, the television special that was based on this album. It was wonderful. And at the beginning of it, at the beginning of this song, Neil Diamond said, New songs. They're like newborn babies. Give birth to them, and pretty soon they're not yours anymore. Which I have no maybe crack up because I don't know what are people giving away newborn babies? No, they or take something? them. People yeah. are stealing them. Yeah. My right. children have been them. taken away. Right. Yeah. White slavery. slavery. Yeah. It was the weirdest state vo. Yeah. White slavery is a real problem. Number nine. Here we go. This is fun. There's no penetration yeah. in this one. I actually really like this it also, song in my it do, teens. It doesn't have a name either. I'm getting there. I'm Sorry. building up to it. Jeez. 
It's four dudes singing about a girl that they liked, but now that she has tits, she's cool. This is the queers. Ursula finally has tits. I'm disappointed this is already the second time on this podcast where we've mentioned the queers <laughs> as a band. I will admit that the best-known track from the album Love Songs for the Retarded probably shouldn't be taken too seriously. <laughs> so I'll just say I find offense to this because of the objectification uh. of the female body, specifically in regards to the segmentation of the female form, which is a result of the male not being able to accept the woman as an entirety. What a bunch of PC horse shit. shit. <laughs> there was only one true Dave's voice came out in one half of that statement, and it was when he said the name of the album. Actually, it's a theory from Laura Mulvey's essay, Visual Pleasure and Narrative Cinema from 1975. He cut and pasted it into his script. This is punk rock, and I can't understand the words. For all I know, Ursula's a cow, and a farmer is excited he can finally milk her, but I, I, this, I don't think this is a good song for the genre because punk rock is inherently shocking as well, and it's 13-year-olds singing to 13. It's for kids. Yeah, this is these guys never left adolescence. They're 14-year-olds singing songs for 14-year-olds. Yeah, the lead singer still goes by the name Joe Queer. Yeah. But Dave would do anything to get punk into yeah, a... Yeah, you got a, punk. You got you. Neil I, Diamond and punk. One, two, <laughs> boo, boo. And again, That's but, it, guys. That's the countdown. That's all Dave did. Neil Diamond and punk. It's going to rotate. Next is Brother Love's Traveling Show, and then something by the... Uh, the I, see, I don't know why... If you, want, if you wanted to do, like, a shock punk song, why didn't you just do Gigi Allen? Like, he's got, he's got all these way more disgusting songs, like Young yeah. Little Meat or Expose Yourself to Kids. Yeah, those are good songs, Steve. You know I love Gigi. Allen, I mean, he, but he's an excellent example of pre-internet troll. Uh, you know, we, we walk, what, like a mile he's and a half He's your hero! Stop acting like he's not. <laughs> I'm saying his songs are tongue-in-cheek. After what Joe Queer has been know. saying in the press lately, I have no idea where he falls on it's this. It's terrible. It's gotta be a lot of demand to interview Joe Queer these days in the <laughs> press. Ugh. But you totally caught me. Number eight. Okay, here's one from the funky master of class himself, Rick James. The song's called 17. While it sounds like he's trying to talk himself out of banging this 17-year-old, I am willing to suspend my disbelief for anyone that kidnapped and beat a record executive, and while on bail for said kidnapping, kidnapped and sexually assaulted a girl in her mid-twenties, allegedly burning her with a crack pipe and peeing on her burns. With his girlfriend's help, as, as I remember it. That is correct. I'm willing to bet he went ahead and sex with a 17-year-old, plus, what a funky groove. <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you this, in the song, he does not have sex with a 17-year-old, he shows restraint. And this so, Rick J the fact that this Rick James that you just described shows restraint. Put that next to the rest of the guys we're going to be talking about in this countdown. It makes them disgusting. Yeah, that's why it's number seven. We're easing in. It's getting a little creepier, a little creepier. Rick right. James did the right thing! Well, Rick James! In the song. Yeah, but he was, was... he's sorely tempted to do the wrong thing by this deliciously transgressive act of having sex with a 17-year-old. Well, Rick James was 19 when he wrote this. Ah, if he was 19 when he wrote this... I'm I just fucking with you guys. He wasn't 19. He was almost 40. Yeah, I was going to say, if he was 19, he wasn't going to be showing discretion from the 14-year-old. Uh, I was just kidding. 17-year-old. Even though he doesn't go through with it, this definitely deserves a spot on the countdown, because this, this song's sex 
sexualizes underage girls like yeah. no other, none other the songs. And it's there. fun. <laughs> it's this fun. song should be fun. You can dance to it. You absolutely can. It's a good groovy jam. Yeah, it's a good trigger for uh, sexual perverts, too. Yeah, uh, pervert passions. I, uh, after Prince died, there were some pieces making the rounds about, like, Prince went on tour with Rick James early on, and Rick James, of all people, thought that Prince was too weird and freaky and decided it was his mission to try and keep Prince down to earth, and this is the kind of shit that Rick James is doing. This, again, this is like, just he's like, the guy who thought it was his mission. Yeah, this girl is sexy, she's 17, I'm gonna talk to her all night. He, he really held back. Yeah. Uh, well, in the song, I I think in real life he didn't hold back at all. We can't make that accusation. We can only go with. What I'm these pretty guys sure that's about. what today's countdown is about. Is making a lot of a lot of based on what these guys are saying yeah. they do. Based, based strictly on song lyrics, we can't prove a thing. Yeah, we can't prove a thing. I have a funny story about Rick James, our friend Russ, who was in almost every episode of Yacht Rock. I remember this story. This is great. Musician. He got in some trouble with the law that required a uh, scared straight kind of tour of the morgue, the L.A. County oh, morgue. So he went to the morgue, and they opened up one of them morgue boxes, and who was there? Rick James. Rick James. He saw Rick James' dead body. Good old Russ. Yeah. Love him. I've been borrowing his Steely Dan book for 11 years. i got to get it back to him. I've been trying to get arrested ever since then just to see Rick James. It hasn't worked. <laughs> He's probably still there. Yeah. They're scaring everybody. <laughs> 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 hey. It's a guy from the Chappelle Show. <laughs> Okay. Oh, Can I say something right intro? off the top here? Lemmy's in this band! Oh, oh. the guy from Hawkwind? Yeah. Is Lemmy the Lurks? That's the perfect time to bring that up. Thank you, JD. This is Motorhead, Jailbait. You'd be hard-pressed to argue that this isn't a fucking rocking Motorhead song, but you'd also be hard-pressed to argue that it isn't horrifying. Well, to be fair, you'd be hard-pressed to argue that most Motorhead songs are not rocking. Wait, what? Yeah, no, he's, no, he's saying that they are rocking. Did I phrase that correctly? You did it. Phrasing! It's, it's super confusing, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, so many negatives. Uh, uh, motor, motorhead most rocks. Motorhead songs are fucking rocking, is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, there he goes. He's an active voice. Um, you could have had an entire countdown of songs just titled Jailbait, too. I looked yeah. on Spotify. There's, God, there's yeah, a lot. I looked. The one that I was looking for by Andre Williams wasn't even on there, so there's even more. <laughs> this song is pure gross. The lyric, the chorus is, Jailbait just can't wait. And I believe Lemmy believes this. Yeah. This is unapologetic. Mm -hmm. This is this is just casting a, a fishing line to any girl fucked up enough to want to have sex with Lemmy. Uh, that level of psychosis only comes with years of sustained abuse. Oh, man. And, I, I, and if this song is autobiographical, it's still probably only like the 283rd most disgusting thing Lemmy has ever done. I'll put it up at the top. Yeah. yeah. Unless he's actually murdered a teenage girl after torturing her. Have you, uh, have you seen the documentary about him that's on Netflix now? No. It's, it's pretty fascinating, but there's a scene where he's sitting with his son and they're talking, swapping stories. They also talk about swapping girlfriends for the evening, and I guess it's something they did more than once. Like, hey dad, you take my girlfriend and I'll take yours for the night. Horrifying. I can't imagine a more enduring, soul-crushing, living nightmare than having Lemmy Kilmister on top of you. The sweat, the <laughs> smells, it's like being raped by a trash can. 
I've been close enough to Lemmy to smell him, and it wasn't that bad. Don't ruin my dream! But I was nowhere close to his balls. Oh, there you go, yeah. Uh, everything about Lemmy makes you want to shower, and this song makes you want to claw my skin off. Yeah, God bless Motorhead. God rest his filthy soul. R.I.P. Lemmy. Lemmy. God, I, you're such a rock Yo, he, god. He kicked out that whole round of celebrity deaths. It's like once he went, like, the damn burst. Started dropping like, like flies. It's like all their souls were tied to him. Yeah. And once he descended into hell, he pulled them all down yeah. with him. Miss you, Lemmy. Yeah. Don't listen god to these you. guys. Six. All right, here's our one-two punch at Jailbait. This time it's by Ted Nugent. Ugh. This <sighs> one's really something. Oh, this is the live version. This is great. Is there only the live version? Uh, yeah, this one's off of Intensities in Ten Cities. Yeah, there was <laughs> one of my favorite album titles. This was never on a proper album, right? It's it, not that good a song, honestly. Yeah. It's not, but yeah. I... But it, but the part of this... That's my impression of Ted Nugent. The part of this song that's really horrifying isn't just that he's singing about a 13-year-old girl. It's at the end when he gets caught by the police and he says, Don't put the handcuffs on me. Put them on her and I'll share her with you. He wants the cop to help him rape this girl. Ted Nugent, he's a spokesman for the NRA. And the anti-gun lobby is like, oh, he says crazy things about wanting to do violent things to politicians. Just play this song and say, the NRA wants your your daughters to have sex, Ted Nugent to be able to have sex with your daughters. I guess that might only sell more guns to people who want to yeah, I guess kill Ted so. Nugent. Do you guys know that in 1978, Ted Nugent legally adopted a 17-year-old girl with her parents' consent so yep. that he could continue having sex with her? Yeah, because that's how you make it legal. Yes, that's, that's how he made it legal. I mean, that's terrible. That's, but, I, I mean, I... With her parents' consent? My God! Well, uh, I... I'm uncomfortable because I want to defend some of this, but I don't want to defend any of it. <laughs> uh, I'll defend the Motorhead Jailbait song because it rocks. Yeah. I'm not going to defend this one. He's from, he's from not, Michigan, and that's not about even, the only good thing I can say. I'm just not gonna, even catchy. I'm just going to go on record that I don't believe that anything that comes out of the Nuge's mouth most of the time, I think he's just like fucking with us. Like talking shit. Yeah, he, he wants to piss fucking goddamn hippie liberals off. And this is coming from a fucking tree-hugging vegetarian and uh, who hates his trophy-hunting ass. But then on the other hand, he sang Wang Dang Sweet Poon Tang. Yeah. I mean... It's a nice bunch of words to put together, but yeah. the song isn't that interesting. No, no, it's, not, not, it's not that good. No, He's got but we're not talking than... about the so- song. We're, like, litigating all these guys' lives. We should. Yeah, he's we talking about having sex with a 13-year-old. Yeah, he could have picked any age. Because he's, 17, he's 18. trying to shock people. He picked 13. Yeah. That's... Which is fucking shocking, and we'll get to that other thing He knows later. who his audience is. He's giving them permission. No. He's giving them permission. I want shoplifted a hat from his uh, hunting store in Jackson, Michigan. <laughs> it was uh, a camu- awesome. camouflage bow uh, ball cap with a mesh mosquito net that came down to like the chest and embroidered on the front was kill more than time. And I was kind of hoping I'd get caught because then maybe I'd get to meet Ted Nugent. Yeah, 
not. Ooh. The bus is stopping. It's slowing down. Where are we, Steve? We're in Louisiana, J.D. That's uh, right. The show Getting me up. state. That's Missouri. <laughs> show me Mardi That's Missouri. Show me your tits. Throw me some beans. Only if you're legal age. <laughs> ah, this is the state, gentlemen, where I live from ages 5 to 10. Congratulations. In a town called Eunice, right in the heart of Cajun country. And in that time, the most popular musician, judging by the t-shirts I remember seeing around town, was Zydeco star Rockin' Sydney. Thanks to his massive local hit, Don't Mess With My Toot Toot, which apparently is his girlfriend, I think, if I'm interpreting the song correctly. I, I, can, I disagree. I think his toot toot is his accordion. Because mm-hmm. then he's like, you don't mess with my accordion, but you can have my girlfriend. Toot toot. That's my toot toot. That's what accordion But that would make, the, then, then the line would be that when his accordion was born naked, the doctor slapped its behind. Yeah, no, yeah. Which is apparently a custom. Them in, no, it, in those parts. Even accordions, they usually have like uh, plastic jewels on them. They're all decorated, so they do. They are born nude, and they do have a behind you. Can and they're slap. then they're pajazzled. Yeah, I think his toot toot is his butthole, <laughs> and he doesn't want people to mess with it. He's like, that's a good theory too. It's, it's fun if you stay in front, but don't don't go don't go around back there. Don't yeah. mess with my toot toot. Um, I got more Louisiana facts. Oh, I, I also want to talk. There was a oh. German cover of this song in 1985 that hit number 15 in Germany for the artist Leinemann. Under the title was Mein Tut Tut. was spelled T U U T. There's a crazy video on YouTube where they're all wearing Hawaiian shirts because in Germany, Mexico, and Louisiana, accordion music is party time. JD, tell us some more about Louisiana. Composer Bill Conti of Rocky Gonna Fly Now fame is in the Louisiana Music Hall of Fame. Rapper Master P, master of terrible album covers, who was inexplicably on every shelf of every blockbuster in the 90s, uh, Louisiana guy. It's also home of Aaron Neville and his brothers, and the Hank Williams family, both junior and regular. And let's get into New Orleans, too, because two metric fucktons of America's music comes from there, uh, starting with jazz. Jazz's first improviser, Louis. Armstrong. We all know what an authority I am on improv. Uh, lots of R&B. Alan Toussaint, Smiley Lewis, Irma Thomas, Professor Longhair, Lee Dorsey, Lloyd Price, Dr. John, and some big early rock and rollers. Little Richard Fetz Domino and the guy I wanted to bring up for this episode, Faraday native Jerry Lee Lewis, who ruined his rock and roll career by marrying his 13-year-old first cousin at age 22. He was blacklisted from radio, didn't return until a decade later when he reinvented himself as a country artist. Very actually, very actually a good country artist. Yeah, uh, singer. And a fun fact, one of Jerry Lee's other cousins, disgraced televangelist Jimmy Swaggart. Yeah, that's right. Now that's a family I want to be a part of. I, uh... I went to Fats Domino's house. I went recently went to New Orleans. Did he know? Uh, no. Uh, toured, I saw some Mardi Gras Indians. Uh, went to Preservation Hall, saw some jazz music, and went and saw John Boutet on Frenchman Street. Everybody should watch the show Treme. I've, no, I've never met anybody who's seen the show Treme. It's an amazing show. It's all about New Orleans music. So hurry up and watch it so it doesn't get canceled. we got to save Treme. So it doesn't get canceled three, four. And check out Jerry Lee's country stuff. Let's get back on the bus. All right. Oh, uh, so much for fun. Is this, a, Dave, this feels like a bus Dave farted in. <laughs> Number five. Yeah, dropped a toot-toot on the bus. Oh, man, holy shit. Now we're really jumping in. Oh, God. 
This is the Rolling Stones, Stray Cat Blues. He's singing about a 15-year-old. I guess there's a live version where he calls her 13. If I had a dime for every underage girl the Rolling Stones probably had sex with, I'd be as rich as Dane Donahue. <laughs> you guys are you guys are shitting in my wheelhouse when you should be shitting in my my outhouse. This is this is my, my I like this music and yeah. you gotta bring it up in order to shit on them. Yeah, well we like the music too, and that's the point. The lyrics are horrifying. But this, this, okay, is, this is what social really... media refers to as hashtag problematic. <laughs> it's good music, but the lyrics yeah, make the, you squirm. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't justify liking the social song. justice warrior movement. Uh, so, okay, first off, the Rolling Stones they they sang about taboos in order to shock people. That was their thing. They 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 sung about the devil and they sang about masters having sex with slaves. I don't think they were devil worshippers and I'm pretty sure they didn't own anybody ever. Just because they're singing this story song doesn't mean... And that's not to say that I don't think they ever slept with anybody underage. I, I would venture that. But I don't think this song is that. And here's the thing though, uh, the devil's not real, slavery's been abolished, there's still underage girls showing up at Rolling Stone shows going backstage, and they're bragging about it. They like to say, oh, I'm a character, I'm a tomcat in this song, but I guarantee you Mick Jagger went there. I guarantee it. I have no proof, but I guarantee whether, it. Whether he did or not, we're not shitting on the Stones, we're shitting on this song, because he's talking about how having sex with a 15-year-old, it's not that bad. It ain't no hanging crime. It's it's rock and roll. You're, it's the, the purpose is, this is like proto-punk. The purpose is to sing about dangerous stuff. Dangerous and in this topics. case, the dangerous topic he's singing about is statutory law. But he's not. He's right. just today's genre. And it's, and it's not a danger to him. It's a danger to who he's having sex with. You're, you're fucking her up we, for life. You guys are saying Unless, that if they sing this song, that they're saying it's okay to do it. Absolute. People read it that way. And you then have that's to have their problem. You can't blame the Rolling Stones. It's like blaming uh, it's like violent video games. Buying people that just, or blaming people that just buy guns for shooting someone. I'm lost in the more I'm lost in this moral landscape. I'm not sure what's going on. It's not about the moral landscape of of the band as a whole. But in 1987, (laughs) the bass player was 47 years old, Bill Bill Wyman. He entered a relationship with a 13-year-old girl. He had the mother's approval again. Even went to the pointy-headed British version of the police and told them about it. He said they first had sex when he was 14, when when she she was 14, and he later married her. But they got divorced in 1993 when she was the ripe old age of 19 yeah. and he was 53. Oh uh, yeah, because her looks went. We gotta take these guys to task. This is like 20 years after this song. It's not like he was doing it at the time and it they wrote a matter. song he about did. it. He's a disgusting human being and we, when we paid $500 a ticket to see these monsters on stage, it's like David Bowie's like encounter with a 14-year-old story. It's horrible. These guys were all doing it. This is a horrible generation. Baby boomers are destroying our country. Not just rock stars, all of them. Mom, dad, all of our parents. We learned it from watching you. You failed. You failed us. And most of you consented to having your underage daughters fuck rock stars, apparently, is what I'm learning from this You've all done it. All of you. Every last one of you. Number four. Moral police. Here we go. This was a middle school anthem for me. This is 17 by Winger. 
Back when I thought 17 was a much older woman and I couldn't wait to touch a boob, little did I realize it was about a 27-year-old Kip Winger pushing his dong into a 17-year-old's hoo-ha. Good slang, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> you you have an uncanny knack for putting the best songs at number four. Now I'm not I'm not complaining about the order this time. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. I just I just want to comment that the members of Winger are probably the best musicians on this countdown, and they get no respect, and that's a shame. It's a much better band than lots of people want to admit. At least we got a song here that's young, dumb, and full of fun. Yeah. 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 Still, though, it's an older guy trying to bang a 17-year-old. I don't care. Yeah, but he, he's at least good-looking. He's not like Lemmy. Like, Beavis and Butthead can watch Kip Wing and go, oh, his teeth are whiter than white. Like, they know he's... They, they know there's something about him that's appealing. And his mouth probably smelled like bleach. I'm a teenage girl. Three... You are? Say I'm a teenage... Say I'm a teenage girl. You're a teenage, teenage girl. girl. Thank you. Number one dude I don't want on me is Lemmy. Number two is the Nuge. Number three is anybody named Kip. Yeah, not a, not a real powerhouse of a name. No. No. Should have a pink sweater tied around his shoulders on his way to the tennis court. Yeah, I want the captain of the football team, old Bruce. Yeah. Take me to prom. Yeah, you want Bruce and Jeff holding you down. Uh, oh, God. Man, uh. listen, listen to how much counting you have to do to play these guitar riffs. I want, I, want, I want to know, like, I didn't do this research, but I wonder if they built some numerological bullshit in the song that makes you have to count to 17 somehow, like an extra measure in 5-4 or something. They were certainly capable of it. These guys are really great. Heading for yeah. a heartbreak was the other hit from this album. Uh, Kip actually is on record saying how hard this is to play and sing at the same time. So It's very technically advanced. I appreciate all the positivity on this song, so let's shit on Lemmy. Let's shit on the nudes. Let's shit on the stones. But fucking Winger, he's great. This I don't guy, think he's, he's great. This is a great no, band. We're not, we're not shitting on great. those bands, Hunter. We're dissecting certain songs they had that are about <laughs> statutory love. And then talking about real-life stuff that they did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sweet terrible guitar. people. This, uh, I'm sure Kip Winger had some underage groupies as well, and he's terrible. But this is one of those songs that makes me so mad because it's so good. It's I want to sing it all the time and listen to it all the time. And... I feel like I'm gross because of it. Uh, Ironically, this song only peaked at number 26, as if the pop charts were saying, hey, guys, wouldn't this be more appropriate? That's that's what these songs should be about, that cognitive dissonance where where you're like, ugh, it's gross, but man, I want to dance to it. That's what these songs should be about. No idea, Hunter loved child sex. Oh, see? This is why I didn't want to be the guy to defend it. That's pretty problematic. I don't want to be the social justice warrior who's problematic. Baby, baby, baby. Oh, these guys are terrible people. I can't believe they There's certain young girls. We don't know that. There's certain for a few of them. We can say that. There's certain social justice causes that are worth taking up. That are, yeah, they're actually about So, what are we doing today? Rockstar's having underage girls. Our big problem, uh, people killing whales, that's negligible. I'm not going to go off on that. So from not this a whole moment genre forward, of that music. So from this moment forward, every let's make sure that every genre we come up with, we check the sexual history of every artist that we talk about to make sure... It's right. okay. To well, bring it up. Great idea, Hunter. That's your job. Yeah, if they if they sing about it, then yes, I will. If they sing about putting their dong in a 13-year-old, yeah. What if they, I'll look up their sexual history. What if history. they imply it? Good enough for me. Number three. This is hot. Yeah. 
All right. hot, hot show. Breaking away from the who. We're in the hot seat. Number three, Pete Townsend with Rough Boys. Ooh, hot tracks. If you listen to the lyrics on this one, it's one of the most creepy on the list. He seems to be singing about the underage, underground male prostitution rings of London and how much fun they are. Why is that creepy? Because they're fucking underage people, Hunter! Oh, okay. Hunter, that's problematic. I'm I'm pretty sure this song is about him wanting to fuck the sex, pist the sex pistols. I don't think it's necessary underage. Well, everything about this guy's career screams I love fucking teenage boys. Yeah. From the molestation themes and Tommy, I mean, yeah. to the, the, the male teenage nudity and quadrophenia, to the fact that he was caught with uh, child porn on his computer. Yeah. yeah. It screams somebody who was molested as a child is what it screams. Yeah, and he was. Like there was, yeah. oh well, there, there you go. Some, I I didn't I didn't read his whole autobiography, but he talks about like some creepy dude that his promiscuous, mentally ill grandmother was dating that was kind of weird with him. And there was this boat trip he apparently went on where the two adult supervisors jacked off while watching him shower, like in front of him. So even if he wasn't technically like raped, there was some screwed up shit going on in his life. Yeah, there there was there absolutely, and I did read his entire autobiography, and he goes into detail about his child pornography case. He said he was researching his book, and he clicked on a child pornography site, you know, as research. And he then pled no contest to avoid it stretching out in the press, an argument that makes perfect sense. Hey, Professor Peter Townsend here of the Naked Boys Research Institute. Uh, here we, we look at pictures of naked boys as we find out how many it takes before we get a boner. Yeah, there you go. That, in the book, shitty. he also spent a pay, one page on Keith Moon, and the rest is about what equipment he had in his different studios. My Amazon review of the book was like everything he did after 1975. It took way too long and wasn't that good. And it's true. You can see Dave's review on Amazon.com. Uh, and you can see a lot of other negative reviews of the book because, I mean, it's so hard to believe that after all those totally coherent rock operas that Pete Townsend <laughs> turn out to have a poor grasp of narrative structure. Uh, but if you do decide to buy the book anyway, do it through the Feral Audio portal for Amazon.com. Amazon.com through Feral Audio, the best Amazon.com. This is a really well-known one. This is uh, Benny Mardones. Mardones? Benny Mardones! Benny Mardones! Into the Night. And I didn't realize what the song was about. Really? Listen to the first lyric. Everybody oh, knows it's not going to go through the intro again. Yeah. I didn't know what it was about until I looked up the lyrics, and man, this shit is bad. The very first line is... Is it coming up here and this is it? Here yeah. it is. Sixteen years yeah. old. Benny Mardonis was 34 when he sung that line, and he looked 50. Yeah. Well, he did a lot of cocaine. <laughs> he did. Yeah. And I he used did. To, I used to really like this song, and then JD showed me the video. Yeah. Wait, am I not allowed to like this song anymore? You can if you want. Mr. I love this Let's song. The, the song is amazing. Yeah, I kind of feel like this song is sort of uh, kind of unintentional. I don't. Anyway. You can still like it, but the video is inside. You're, you're gonna have a hard time liking it after you watch the video. So first, this Benny Mardona's guy. First, he's turned away from the door by this girl's father, who's in this wife beater, wearing he's this bearded blob who looks like a molester himself. And then Benny calls this girl from a payphone and sings into the payphone for like an entire verse and chorus. And then he sneaks through her window. And 
And the girl they cast is like a young-looking 16. Yeah. So the, this old creep is in a room and rolls out this rug on the floor, and he's like, come down, come on to my fucking rug. And then, we, you know, <laughs> we know what it's for. But then it turns into a magic carpet, and he takes her on this magic carpet ride around it's the Statue gross. of Liberty. As, as so he's like Aladdin. Yeah. But and honestly, like, it's a great metaphor because I'd imagine being a teenage girl having sex with Benny Mardonis is akin to floating somewhere between where 9-11 happened and Staten Island. <laughs> I showed this video, or a still of this video, to my wife, and I was telling her the story. Like, look at this. This guy was is so old and trying to bang this 16-year-old. I showed her a still, and she said, nah, she looks like she's 40. And I said, no, that's Benny Martinez. <laughs> All right. I uh, want to get. I wanna, sorry, go ahead. I, but I do want to get back to Benny's cocaine habit in a bit. Okay. Well, I, you can. Well, okay. I'll just. So you guys done bashing Benny Mardonis and want to hear the actual? No, I want to talk about his cocaine oh, habit. Okay, go ahead and do that. So then I'll tell the actual yeah. story of the song. At the peak of his radio airplay, Benny was doing like a thousand dollars. This is from an interview with him. I'm not making this up. He was doing a thousand dollars worth of cocaine every day. He moved to Syracuse to get away from the scene, man. And he remembers waking up in a car and seeing snow all around him and thinking it looked like cocaine. <laughs> so he must have either died and gone to heaven or arrived in Syracuse. And that's when he chose to make Syracuse his home forever and ever. Amen. Syracuse, everybody. Syracuse, this guy of statutory rape. Hey Heyo. So, so this song is about... It's, it's dumb. He didn't actually try to bang a 16-year-old. He just wrote a, needed a hook for a, for a song, and his dog walker was a 16-year-old girl that lived above him in a in his apartment, in his apartment building. building in Syracuse. There's a, a very long story. It's on a the very long and meandering this. story because he's like, I really wasn't sick. I didn't want trying to bang her. Um, whereas basically the guy who he was writing the song with was like, whoa. She's pretty hot. That? And he turned around and went, hey man, she's just 16 year old. And and they went, it's weird oh. that he didn't use the plural years. Sorry, sorry. He said years. I'm an idiot. I'm apologize. <laughs> it sounds like the most disturbing yacht rock episode we could have made. <laughs> and then and then he, they went, they went, yeah, it is. And then they went, oh, that's the hook. And they wrote the fucking song about it. And it's good that Benny was the hero in that. Yeah. You know, if we made, if we it's made, a really gross video though. But it looks like he's play trying to play like he's like 19 in the video. If if we made shows based on these songs, I guarantee they would go viral. Oh yeah. Why would not, we not want right to? Kind of I don't want okay. to. You don't want to go viral? Number one. Oh boy. This one had to be number one for me because I've known it my entire life and I've loved it. This one's my favorite. Get out of my mind. This is Gary Puckett in the Union Gap. Young girl. Not as the only singing about this young girl. It's her fault that this guy wants to fuck her. He finds out well, yeah. she's underage and blames her for keeping it from him. In oh, so fact, she lied about her age to get him to fuck her. That's what I'm reading into it. In fact, it sounds like they were fucking, and now that he knows she's underage, he's telling her to run away. You know, because it's her fault that he got that she got plowed by an older man. Yeah, he's just this innocent older dude. He's just sitting there, and this sexually aggressive teenager is like, I have to have him. And so she lies about her age. He's like, oh, no, what if I do it again? Yeah. Okay, can you imagine the song from the girl's perspective? Hold on, I wrote some lyrics. Oh boy. Oh, 
old man, get out of my life. Your shriveled sack looks like a white lime. Better fuck off, man. You look like Donald Trump, man. Thank you. Hey, all Thank right. You very much. I like that. I like that you used white limes, and I like that you rhymed "fuck" with Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the '90s, boys. <laughs> Timely. Hunter is stewing over here. Yeah. No, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to the end. Oh, okay. I, 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 this is like you listen to this and. You know, he seems to feel terrible, but it's also, like, this is one of the earliest efforts in this vein. It's the kind of sentimental, shame-drenched morality play that, that lets this sort of subject matter get addressed in the first place. And more lyrics. Rape song, get out of my mind. Your catchy tune makes me sing creepy lines. Okay, that's all I got. Okay. Yeah. Still good. <laughs> um... Yeah, this is the victim blaming. This is disgusting, yeah. and I'm not taking. Well, he's not, the victim. He's the real yeah, he's victim, the victim here. Yeah, it, that's insane. I mean, it's really a, a '60s attitude. And thank God we've evolved from this. From this, you know, we had to go through the '60s, and you had to go through the '70s with all the rock stars fucking the underage girls. It probably only the sickos do it now. But I feel like it was normalized in the '70s, and that's yeah. why I, I I dislike all these songs so much. From these guys, where there's evidence that they actually did go through with it. Who yeah. did? Jer Gary Puckett? Not no, Gary Puckett. No, no. Like the Rolling Stones, Ted Nugent. Yeah. Uh, probably, who else? That, 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 all that clickbait that came out about David, David Bowie, Bowie after he yeah. died, where people are like, oh, let's put this timely. Like, oh, David Bowie is extremely problematic and probably a bad person, so you shouldn't be worshipping him just because he's dead and yeah, a legendary it's a slippery, artist. It's a slippery slope to continue to litigate this thing, these things 30 years later, especially yeah, when the person like Neil Diamond is like, well, no, I, I totally I'm did it. Glad I did it. I'd do like, it again. Yeah, I'd do it again. And some of those groupies chance. that have like come out and written books, like you know, very being very proud of their their lifestyle at that time. I, like, yeah, they liked it too. And I just want to make one thing clear about all this uh, Gary Puckett bashing. He didn't even write the song. We didn't bash Gary. Yeah, we Puckett. didn't yeah. bash Gary. Puckett. You were saying we he and the guy. Are you talking about the guy in the, the song? character? The we're talking about the song. character. Oh, okay. I mean, okay, but he didn't write the song, yeah. But at the same time, at the same Wait, time... who wrote the song? That's he, not a good excuse because these artists get to say Jerry, yay. Jerry Fuller wrote the song. They, the artists get to say yay He's or nay when whether or Jerry not they Fuller wrote the Ford. songs. And, you know, you're going to say yay for songs that you have some sort of I, emotional connection to. I just saw that Steve called him Scary Puckett earlier. Oh, yeah. And my, so I wanted little, to make it very clear pun. that, that yeah. it wasn't even Gary Puckett who wrote the song. <laughs> Maybe uh, the character in the song was named Scary Fuckett. Yeah, there you go. There's a Stop point. defending pedophilia, Hunter. I'm not defending it's extremely, it. It's extremely I'm problematic. I'm uncomfortable being the moral police. Okay, well... It's bad Dr. Conscience uh, wasn't on this side. I know. Sure. Hey, let's have, let's have some fun as we talk about who didn't make the list. Let's listen to that Toot Toot song again. Yeah! yeah. And hey, as, yes! as we wrap this up, <laughs> when I was researching this, I saw like a lot of people chiming in, like trying to defend the artists or the songs, saying, well, in this state, 16's legal, or in England... If there's any young listeners out there, if you run into people that seem to know a lot about interstate legality of statutory laws, mm. run the fuck away. Better run, girl. Better run, girl. You're much too young, girl. <laughs> uh, so what didn't make the list? I, I I thought the verse in Parents Just Don't Understand by Will Smith, where he almost uh, has sex oh, with a 12-year-old. 12-year-old runaway. Real classy. Yeah. Real classy verse there. Like, Good oh, job. Oh, I didn't realize she was 12. I didn't know she was 12. Fuck Sorry. you. You did too, you piece yeah, of well, shit. Yeah, well, he almost had a heart attack. 
attack that day. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. A garbage person. That <laughs> garbage. Uh, I want to nominate the verse in Big Joe Turner's Shake, Rattle, and Roll, where he sings, I'm like a one-eyed cat peeping in the seafood store. I could look at you till you ain't no child no more. Yeah. Bill Haley changed that line for his uh, his hit cover version. Also, Gigi Allen yeah, should have been on here. Um... Hunter, you got any? <laughs> the, the, uh, the young girl's song was in uh, an episode of Glee with uh, The Police's Don't San- Stand So Close to Me, oh, which yeah, would be that's... a good song for this list, and was also in the porn parody, uh, This Ain't Glee Triple X, where they did a, in <laughs> a, a great title for it in a segment called Don't, Don't Come All Over Me. So how about that one? That would be a good one, good yeah. song to put in this. Yeah, I was looking Don't at Everyone Goes here. to the Movies by Steely Dan. Yeah. It's got some, uh, some real creepy stuff in it. Uh, all, right. all right. Well, that's Snap Tracks, everybody. This is, this, is, this is a fun... I used to love talking about this stuff at a bar. Just throwing these names out there, not getting too deep into it. Yeah. 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 We got pretty deep into it. It was fucking it. dangerous. Yeah, this you peel back, you peel getting, back the curtain, it gets gross. Slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Totally uncomfortable. And now at the bar, throw, away, throw around ways to have world peace. Yeah. It's a better thing to do. Yeah. All right, so in the next episode, it's going to be episode 20, everybody. And the 10s are always Yacht Rock countdowns on Beyond Yacht Rock. So we'll be counting down some of the best from the women of Yacht. As the only, dis- sorry, it's the only way we can cleanse our spirits after this episode. <laughs> You're Amen. welcome. Amen. And as we discovered, women of Rock of Yacht are, are rare. But we dug deep and we found them. It'll be... An episode like an episode full of obscure yacht rock bone throws. It's a oh really boy. good one. Uh, so a, a lot of lady bones. Uh, uh, lady bone, boy bone, 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 bone. Find this week's stat tracks playlist. Don't have all these now that we've ruined every single one of these songs for you by following JD Rizzo. <laughs> the artist, love artist. Uh, send questions via Twitter at Yacht Rock. Follow JD at JD Riznar. Follow Hollywood Steve at Hollywood Steve H. Follow Dave at David underscore B underscore Lions. Follow Hunter at Hunter Stare. Like uh, Yacht Rock on Facebook. Rate and review us on iTunes. Go to yachtrock.com for what will hopefully one day be a useful experience. We're working on it. Thanks to John underscore Digital for the bumpers. Uh, and a call to all you bumper meisters out there. We're on a new one. Send them in. We like them. Uh, thanks to Rob Crow and Matt Lee for additional theme bumpers. Thanks to producer... Producer. Thanks for the... Thanks to producer. Dustin Marshall for being 30-ish but looking 17. It's, mm. You're adorable Yum. to look at. He's only 17. <laughs> He's only 31. Check out other Feral Audio podcasts at feralaudio.com and use the Amazon portal to buy... Uh, all your favorite songs from today about, about inappropriate, inappropriate relationships, relationships with children. Good night. <laughs> and don't miss my toot toot. Good night, everybody. Good night.